Praise God. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 8. Again, the devil taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. This is not part of my message, but can I pause and say, when the devil offers you worldly things, those aren't all things. I'll give you all these things, but he can't give you everything. Sometimes we sing that song, the devil's offered everything that's got a name, all the wealth I want and worldly fame. Well, he never offered me all the wealth that I want, or, but that's beside the point. He can offer you worldly things, but he can't offer you other worldly things. He can offer you physical things, but he can't offer you the blessing of the Spirit of God. Then he saith unto him, Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. The devil said, If you will just bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything you lay your eyes on. But I want to be like my Savior. I want to preach to you today for a little bit on this title. I will not bow. Just look at somebody, eyeball to eyeball, tell them, I will not bow. Let's pray one more time before we're seated. Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray you'll speak very clearly. God, let me speak only what you want spoken, nothing more, nothing less. Help me to speak it exactly the way you want it spoken. Let your word go forth, even as you promised. And have the intended effect. Let your word make us into what you want us to be. Equip us and empower us and use us for your glory. And we thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. And you can be seated. Thank you for standing. Uh, I've got a lot of points. I might do one and a half points out of this message today. Uh, We'll just see where it goes. Thank you, Sister Meredith. You may be seated as well. We live in a society that constantly is pressuring us to conform. That's why Paul would write and say, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are under constant pressure to act like, be like, talk like the world. We are under constant pressure. We, we should not uh, be surprised by this in that it was the first attack that Satan put forth on Jesus that he said, bow down unto me and I'll give you all this stuff. The world wants us to submit to the ways of the world. Uh, whether it be through uh, peer pressure, whether it be through pressure of people that we work with, family pressure, even governmental pressure, there's a pressure for us to bow down and accept the mindset of the world. But I've come to preach today that we should not bow. In fact, Ephesians says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why don't somebody just shout it with me? Stand. Stand. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. The next verse says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And he goes on to talk about the whole armor of God. Last week we talked about being strong enough for someone else. Strong enough to help someone else that is in need. This week I want to talk to you about being strong enough to stand alone. Not that you don't have others. Not that you don't have a church family that will love you and try to encourage you. But you have to have a made up mind. That no matter what anybody else does, I'm going to live for Jesus. No matter what anybody else does, I have determined I'm going to stand. I am not going to bow to pressure to serve the things of this world. I'm not going to... Somebody said that, I think I said this, that if I'm not saved, if I end up lost, I'll be the most surprised person in the building because I intend to make it. Somebody shout amen. amen. And so I want to talk to you about some men and, uh, that, that stood and were examples in the Bible, and I think it pertains to things that we deal with today. Genesis chapter 6, verse number 1 says, It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. Uh, this, is, this is talking about, this is Genesis chapter 6, verse number 5, it says this, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination and of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him in his heart and the Lord said I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth both man and beast creeping thing and fowls for it repenteth me that I have made them can you imagine this, this scene where God begins to counsel with himself and he sees the wickedness of man and he says, the whole earth is just overcome with, with wicked imaginations and, is, and, and man is just evil all the time. And I'm going to destroy all the earth and everything, excuse me, everything that is found therein. But verse number 8, I think is one of the most important verses in all of the Bible, Sister Martha. It says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There was a man named Noah that when all the world around him was out there, Brother Josh says. When all the world around him was only focused on wickedness and evil, there was a man named Noah. When everything, everybody was chasing wickedness, everyone was doing all their own thing, Noah stood. You can live for God even when everybody else around you is living for the devil. You can live for God even if your family doesn't, even if your neighbor doesn't, even if your co-worker doesn't, if mom and young people, mom and dad may not serve God the way you know they should, that doesn't mean you can't. You can stand for God. With all that sin and all that corruption was going on and all that pressure that Noah must have felt was all around him, Noah stood for God. Can I just say for a moment this morning that sin will still send you to hell. Sin is still a heaven and hell issue. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not. Everybody say, shall not. Shall not. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I want to read that to you in the Amplified because uh, it puts it a little more into our language. He says, Do you not know that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived or misled. Neither the impure and immoral, neither idolaters, neither idolaters, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, swindlers and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul-mouthed revilers and slanders, nor extortioners or robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. Sin is still a heaven and hell issue. We've got to have a made-up mind that while all the world is going to, pardon the phrase, going to hell in a handbasket, we are going to stand and not bow to those things of this world. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I, I wish Brother Aaron Bounds was here. You probably wish he was here too preaching, but I wish he was here with his harmonica so he could say, this train is bound for glory. This train is bound for glory, but don't miss the second half of the line. If you're going to go to heaven, you got to be holy. I'm going to a holy city that's got holy gates. It's inhabited by a holy God. It's going to be a place. There's a highway that leads to it. It's called a highway of holiness. We've got to live righteous. Somebody shout, stand. What did Noah do? He stood. I don't know... What Noah did besides he built a big box and Second Peter says that he was a preacher of righteousness. He stood for righteousness. He made a stand. I'm going to be righteous. I don't know how much he preached to his neighbors. I'm sure his neighbors laughed at him. What are you making this big box for? No, well, it's going to rain. It ain't never rain. What are you talking? What's rain? Well, water's going to fall out of the sky and there's going to be a flood. What's a flood? They had no concept of what Noah was partaking in. But Noah stood out amongst the crowd because he lived righteously. Philippians, Paul writes in Philippians, Be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Living righteously will make you stand out. And we should stand out. You are the light of the world, and we ought to stand out in righteousness. Somebody said, well, don't you believe in grace? I absolutely believe in grace. I got to pause because this is one of my favorite points in the whole Bible. Is anybody up there on the on the on the Bible screen? Can you can you just get ready? Genesis chapter six verse twenty two. Don't put it up there yet. But God comes to Noah. 
Everybody, everybody quote chapter 6, verse 8 with me. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What was the grace that Noah found? Here's the grace that Noah found. God said, it's going to rain, build a boat. That was the grace. God did not snatch Noah out of the situation. God did not take away Noah's uh, right to choose what he was going to do. God did not snatch away uh, Noah's free will. God said, Noah, it's going to rain, build a boat. Verse number 22 says this, Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Now, why is that powerful? It's powerful because of the next verse. Genesis chapter 7, verse number 1. Noah did everything God told him to, and the Lord said unto Noah, Come into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous. And the grace of God, Paul said, the grace of God hath appeared unto all men. What's the grace of God? The grace of God is, warning, there's a flood coming. Warning, there's a fire coming. That's the grace of God reaching for mankind, saying, you need to get right. I believe in the grace of God. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. This is Titus 2.11, verse number 12. What does the grace of God do? The grace of God teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. Grace doesn't just forgive me for doing wrong. It teaches me to do right. Grace is not a license to sin. It's instructions not to sin. It doesn't just forgive me for adultery. It teaches me faithfulness. Grace doesn't just forgive me for fornication. It teaches me to be pure. It doesn't just forgive me for cursing, but it teaches me to speak blessing. It doesn't just forgive me for lying, but it teaches me to tell the truth. That's what grace does. God doesn't just forgive me for all the filthy shows, nasty images, ungodly movies, and vile music I've filled my spirit with, but He also teaches me that whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure and lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The grace of God delivers us from the power of sin, from the, the blood of Jesus delivers us from the guilt of sin and then the word of God teaches us how to not live in sin any longer Paul said shall we continue in sin that grace may abound God forbid perish the thought he doesn't just forgive you for all the beer, wine, and liquor that you drank. He also teaches you to not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The grace of God teaches us to live godly. Oh, I don't know if the live stream's working. We might have to delete this later. Don't believe anybody that tells you you can live any way that you want to, do anything that you want to do, and still call Jesus your Lord. Because if Jesus is your Lord, you... 
Herein is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. If he is my Lord, if he is my Savior, I am going to have a made up mind. I am going to live the best life that I can and when I have that made up mind, he's going to empower me to do what I cannot do. Don't bow to a modern day gospel that says come and accept the Lord and go and live however you want to. It's going to lead you to hell. It's a holy life that has to be lived. And it's a good life to live for the Lord and such. Hey, hey, I, I understand that all those, all that stuff that we just talked about, all that nastiness, all that filthiness, all that sin. Here he follows up that verse and says, and such were some of you. That word were is past tense, Brother Tommy. I were an adulterer. I were... I, Forgive me for my West Virginia hick preaching right now. Just look at somebody and say, I were that. But by the grace of God, I ain't that no more. Because such were some of you. But you're washed, but you're justified, but you're sanctified by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our... Oh, Yes! Somebody shout stand. Stand when no one else around you will. Stand. Let me get real for a minute. Stand when somebody invites you someplace that you know you shouldn't go. Stand when the people around you are having a conversation that you know you shouldn't be a part of. Stand. When your buddies at work are telling those jokes, you know, you don't have to be mean. You, don't have, you can just walk away. I don't need that stuff. I don't need that garbage in my life. Stand, when, when, the, when the gossip mill starts up, you can just stand. You, you know, praise Jesus. I heard a preacher say the other day, he said, nobody would gossip to my mama because when you called my house, she answered the phone. She said, praise the Lord. And nobody gossip to my mama. Hey, we got to have a reputation that is above reproach. And when somebody invites you to go to that, I, I was thinking about Sister Sarah the other, the other day. She said she was in Salt Lake City and uh, on a business trip. And all of her coworkers, they were headed to the bar. I think they'd all rode together. You know, they'd flown out there and they'd rented a car. They all rode together. And all her coworkers were headed to the bar. She said, I'm not going. And I don't know exactly all the details what happened, but out of nowhere, Sister Debbie Bound showed up when her and Bishop were in Salt Lake City. She said, I was never so happy to see them in my life while all my co-workers... But it wasn't an option. What did she say? I'm going to stand. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to be a designated driver and partake in your garbage. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to be hateful. I'm not going to be judgmental. But I am not going to bow. I'm going to stand. Uh, I got to move on or I'm going to meddle here a little bit. I'm going to be saved when I'm at home and when I'm out of everybody else's view.
I'm going to stand when I'm in church and when I'm in my house all alone. I'm going to stand. No matter what the pressures of this world are, no matter what the pressure is to click on that, watch that, partake in that, I'm going to stand. I wish somebody would shout it with me. Stand. Stand. No matter what everybody else is doing around you. Why? Because there's not a flood coming. There's a fire coming. There is a fire coming. Jesus, help us. I wish you'd throw your hands in the air right now. God, I want to live righteously and godly. I want to live righteously. God, help me to live in Your grace. To be a partaker of Your grace. To love Your grace. I could preach to you today. I'm not going to, but I could preach to you today about Elijah standing in the presence of falsehood. I could talk to you today about David standing in the presence of opposition and the enemy. But I want to talk to you for just a couple minutes about three young men. You are familiar with them. But it happened in Babylon. This man named Nebuchadnezzar, he was, the Bible says, he was a king of kings. He was a king that ruled over multiple kingdoms, this Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful man on planet earth and he had determined that all worship was going to be centered in Babylon. And he, he, had, uh, he, he had ordered a golden image to be built. That golden image was 90 feet tall. And the scripture says that it was the commandment of Nebuchadnezzar that whosoever would not fall down and worship would be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And so, many of you are familiar with the story, but these three young boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they determined in their heart, we will not bow. Nebuchadnezzar found out about it, says that he was very wroth whenever he heard that there was someone who would not conform. Can I just give you a little in time aside for a moment? And that is that the spirit of Antichrist was working in Nebuchadnezzar. He has not changed his purpose and he won't change his tactic very much. His purpose is still worldwide religion, worldwide government control and conformity thereto. That's why in the book of Revelation, we've, we don't preach or talk too much about the mark of the beast because I think people can go off the deep end with it. But in the, in the book of Revelation, it tells you if you don't conform, you can't participate in society. That same pressure is still here in the 21st century. Right now, there's still pressure. If you, want to con- if you want to participate, you're going to have to conform. And so Nebuchadnezzar was wroth. And it says, um, he confronted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it says, uh, you have to bow down or you will be cast into the fire. And verse number 17 said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. But if not, I wish we would have an attitude that says, whether God does it or not, I'm still going to serve Him. Yeah. That's right. yeah. 
This is totally out of, the, out of my notes. But whether God blesses me ever again or not, He's still worthy to be served. Whether God gives me my financial blessing or not, He's still worthy. I'm still not going back to this world. If not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And uh, if, if you've ever read a, a little board book from, from the preschool class, you'll understand what happened is that the, the, the music was played and they didn't bow down. And so Nebuchadnezzar found the biggest, ugliest, strongest, meanest guards that he had. I almost slipped up and started pointing out people in the room as examples. Lord, help us. He got the biggest, baddest guards that he had. And it says that he bound them hand and foot. He said, I'm so mad about this thing. If you're not going to bow to me, I'm going to make the furnace seven times hotter than it's usually heated. Shovel in the cold. Open up the damper on that thing. Get that thing cherry red hot. But Tommy, I think he probably put coal and locust in that thing. Burned that thing up seven times as hot as it normally was. And those big ugly dudes, they grabbed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who would not bow. Somebody say it again. They would not bow. They picked those guys up and they threw them in to the fiery furnace. Why? Because they wouldn't bow. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is Daniel 3 and 23. These three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. And then... Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast men bound, three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they said, Yeah, king, that's what we did. And he said, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire. I want you to get this for a second. These men would not bow. They determined to stand. They threw those, those ugly guys, threw them into the furnace, and they fell down bound. But the next time anybody saw them, they were standing again. Can I tell you that if you will determine, I am going to stand, it doesn't matter how many times the enemy knocks you down and it doesn't matter how hot the fire is, there is a fourth man in the fire that's going to loose your bonds. He's going to make sure the smoke doesn't even touch you. And you're still going to be able to stand in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. I wish we'd stand to our feet all around this place. The Apostle Paul said, Said this, he was uh, he was writing, winding up one of his letters, and he started to talk about all the people that had forsaken him. So and so left me. So and so is gone. So and so has departed here. He said, 
when nobody else would stand with me, the Lord stood with me. Even when nobody else would have... Oh, man. Okay, I've got to go back to Elijah for just a second. Four times, Elijah goes to... He's on top of Mount Carmel. Four times, Elijah said, Me only. I'm the only prophet. Everybody else has forsaken the Lord. It's me only. And sometimes you may feel like it's you only. Except there's one that will never leave us, never forsake us, but He will be with us always, even unto the end of the age. He's going to take us through the fire. Oh, I think, I, I think we've sung that. I don't know if we sung it today. God, you're going to walk me through the fire. You're going to take me through if I will stand. I want you to just close your eyes right now. I'm not looking for an emotional hyped moment right now. What I want is for us as individuals to make a decision. I'm going to stand for the Word of God. I'm going to live for God. And it doesn't matter what anybody else around me does. My spouse could walk away, but God, you love me and I'm going to stand my kids, my parents, who, whatever situation you may be in. You might be in a situation where somebody that you respected and loved in the church, they messed up and they, 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 they messed up their walk with God. We've got to have a made up mind. I'm going to stand. Joshua stands up at the end of the book of Joshua and he, he gives the folks a little speech. And I don't think that it was emotionally charged at all. In fact, Joshua wasn't trying to twist their arm into serving God. It sounded to me, Brother Josh, like he was trying to talk them out of it. He said, you've been rebellious. (laughs) You've been... He said, if you get over here in this promised land and you don't serve the Lord, and you start picking up these other idols, you start serving false gods, God's going to get you. That's a very loose paraphrase. Joshua says, you can go back, and you can serve those gods that are on the other side of the river, those gods that your fathers served in antiquity. Or you can serve the Lord. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. I wonder with just the only emotion to be a determination in my mind, God, I'm going to stand for you and I'm not going to bow to this world. If you just make a step toward this altar today, would you bring your family? If you're a parent, I want you to bring your family with you. If If you've got young children, I want you to bring them with you because at this moment it's not their choice, it's your choice. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord is going to raise up a standard. 
God, I've determined to stand. And no matter what the enemy... Here's what your promise is. That no matter what the enemy tries to do, God is always faithful. He's going to raise a banner over you. He's going to raise up a standard against the enemy. Father, today, in the name of the Lord Jesus, why don't we all pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we are determining to stand. If you've got sin in your heart, this is the time to get it out of your heart right now. It's time to confess those things. It's time to let go of those things. It's time to put it back under the blood.